The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Don Rose joins us with U.S. Commodities, and it is where you look lately, Don. It just seems like more and more rain keeps building into the forecast, and it's not just us here in the Midwest. There are pockets all across the nation that are dealing with some wet weather, which means no harvest. Yeah, you know exactly, Susan. You know, good afternoon. Look at it. Uh, that is true, and that's been giving us some support to the market on uh, the grain market across the board. But it's not just the Midwest. It's Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, still trying to get soybeans out, and that's unusual. And quality concerns down there also, as we're starting to run into quality concerns in the uh, north in Iowa and uh, southern Minnesota. So, um the market held uh, in check today. A couple things. I think uh, number one, it looks like as we get towards closer to the weekend, it looks like we do have uh, some cooler, drier weather, which we certainly need. So that put kind of an anchor on the market. And then uh, we have the crop report at 11 o'clock Central Time on Thursday. And I think the trade is anticipating a supply bear market, looking for yields to go up on corn and soybeans, looking for ending stocks to go up on corn and soybeans. So that really uh, kind of neutralized the uh, weather, if you will. Bet. You talked about this quality concern. And when we look at our, our global buyers out there, they've got a certain standard that they want to see with the crops that come into them. Yeah, you know, they really do. They have specs that you have to meet, and, you know, you bring up the quality, and that's one of the issues is having. Remember, their crop was uh, wet at the end. They had some quality concerns, uh, you know, too dry, then too wet, and, uh, you know, with thistles in some of the shipments, and they're examining 30 interior uh, export channel because the uh, uh, buyers are, are complaining and rejecting, and so that is an issue, and you hope that doesn't happen in our soybeans here where we get some uh, issues or even corn, but, you know, we do have even corn stocks uh, are, have been cannibalized with a big yield, so the stocks are uh, are uh, not that solid, and soybeans, of course, take on moisture, and so that's the issue, and we'll just see, Susan. Hopefully, we're optimistic that this weather pattern does change, and we do go to a cooler, drier pattern, and we do get the soybeans out because and the corn, because it goes pretty quick once it starts. It's just that we can't really get a solid start here. And for those producers that are sitting there, their crops are at and when they're going to get harvested, and then they look at the way the markets have been trading, there's a lot of stress factors that are being thrown into this year's production and harvest. Oh, it is. I mean, you know, it's uh, one thing when when you uh, try to, you kind of have a pretty good handle on what you have to market. It's another where you can't get the crop out. You know, that's your income for the year. So it's it's a very stressful situation. And then you throw on top of it, we still have uh, trade tariffs and a lower price on normally would have. You know, that's an issue. And, uh, you know, even on the payments we get from the government, the way it's structured, you have to have the crop and a yield reported before you can uh, get the uh, tariff subsidy or payment, if you will. So, you know, I think it's just some of those things people were counting on not uh, going to happen as quick as they uh, thought. But there still are opportunities in marketing, and you have to make sure, Susan, take advantage of these carries in the market. Carries on soybeans from November to July, the 24, 25 cent carry from uh, December corn to July. And, you know, this week, you know, we got very close to 395 on July corn. 
We were over $4 on December uh, next year, corn. Well, uh, news uh, come on out just before uh, 2 o'clock. Got an uh, email from Representative Congress Marshall out of, um, I just said that, totally goofed up. Congressman Marshall out of Kansas. There we go. Thrilled to see Reg being lifted on the renewable fuel. You and I were talking about this before we started the final bell. We knew the announcement was coming today in regards to E15 and how appropriate that the president will be in the state of Iowa right after that announcement. Yeah, you know, I think the trade is has been anticipating that E15, uh, just to, to review. E15 is uh, available to be used in uh, gasoline blending uh, all the way through ex- the year except for the summer. So that summer restriction is going to be off, and that's a big plus. Now, how many bushels is it going to amount to? There's uh, estimates all over the place. Our best look at 50 to 75 million bushels of new corn demand to the market. So that, uh, you know, it's not a game changer, but uh, everything helps. And, uh, you know, good for President Trump to uh, push forward and get this done. He said that he was going to continue to work for the farmer. So I think that's a good sign. Like you said, it's not a big, it is some positive news for that corn grower. Yeah, you know, we're moving in the right direction, and that's what you really have to say. Uh, as long as you can keep pushing uh, uh, uphill a little bit with demand, and uh, that's what we're really doing, and uh, you know, numbers are also uh, large. So when you look at it from an end-user standpoint, uh, Susan, the end-user is hoping for a bearish report on Thursday so that they can extend their coverage. So uh, they're just the opposite of when the uh, the producer thing is looking to sell his crop. The end-user is looking to try and get covered down here. And it makes sense that they would at these low prices. Well, we know it's a ways off yet uh, before we can see that happen for year round. But could we possibly see in the overnight trade the market to that announcement? You know, I'm not so sure. I think it was uh, so much uh, it was anticipated. So I think it's one of those that is really dialed in the market. I think we're kind of pushed past that. And I think what we're really looking for is more evening up position square uh, the crop report on Thursday, which will be one that can be a market mover because we have a lot of different parts. This is a report that we can change the acres, maybe do. This is one that we're going to carry over those bigger ending stocks that we had in the September uh, uh, September 1 report that just ended uh, a week and a half ago. And so we're going to have ending stocks that are going to be larger that we're going to have to deal with. So I think that's what uh, we're looking forward to for this day. How we react to the report, whether it's negative or positive, than the actual report. Uh, this is a time frame where soybeans usually are seasonally positive until October 27th. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the bell coming up. We'll take a look at the export numbers that are being talked about in the marketplace today. And, of course, some of the happenings on the livestock side, some of the struggles and things that have been happening there as well. You are listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. KRVN, Lexington, Nebraska. Welcome back to the final bell here on the World. I'm Susan Littlefield. Don Rose is joining us with U.S. Commodities. Before we left for break, I, I mentioned about the export numbers, and I know we've always been closely watching them, especially with these trade wars we've been having, but really remaining strong for, for the corn market. Yeah, you know, and I got it from my corn demand is strong. And I, when you look at the uh, grains in general, probably the wheat market has fundamentals that are probably the best in the world probably second best are the uh, corn remember that flies on one and said 
to show that we're about 1.3 billion bushels less than a year ago. Our ending stocks this year are going to be less than last year's uh, ending stocks figure. And it's really true that beans that have a negative number. But uh, think about, uh, you know, South America had weather problems both in Brazil and Argentina. Uh, the FSU had problems with their corn crop, Ukraine, and then Europe had uh, dry drought problems. The U.S. is standing up as uh, a reliable exporter, and I think our exports will continue to grow. And it's a bright spot uh, for the overall. Uh, and for that currency that we continue, you talked about South America still making some historic lows. Yeah, you know, the real as their currency in Brazil, and uh, they're up to over 4.1, uh, 4 to 4 to currency ratio. And, uh, you know, that is an issue for the producers because as the currency becomes less valuable, what the producers look at is they want to store their crop and use that as a currency. Plus, remember that they sell their crop in U.S. dollars. So if they uh, sell it in their currency, and it devalues their crop devalues. So that's uh, causing some artificial tightness in the Brazil uh, situation. Uh, both Brazil and offers are soybean on soybeans continue to slow down. And I think it's just a matter of time before they're actually, uh, for the most part, are out of soybeans and they have to import from the U.S. And they're already doing that in Argentina. But in frame uh, that usually China is buying soybeans from the U.S. aggressively. And, of course, they're not doing that. So they're... China is trying to find another source, and it's Argentina and Brazil right now. As we head over to the livestock side, some eyes that are starting to weigh in on what you see in the markets. Yeah, I think when you look at the cattle market, uh, you know, we just uh, here recently put in uh, contract highs in those back months of cattle. And uh, up over the year or at the uh, uh, prices for the year uh, uh, next year. And we're going to have supplies that are just actually monstrous, uh, Susan. Our supplies next year on cattle are going to be up about 2.3% over this last year. These are going to be up about 4.5% over 2018. So I think it's a market that we've kind of been fluffed up here on uh, strong domestic demand, uh, both hogs and uh, cattle. But I think it's a, a point where the fever kind of to the upside. And that seems like a story that is uh, losing its vigor and the uh, supply seems to be uh, overwhelming the market, or at least starting to. It feels like the cash market. Well, we've had a about this for so long. What are they going to start focusing on for these lean hogs if they're not talking as much about swine fever? Well, I think when you're at these hedgeable opportunities, when you get the summer months up uh, close to $82, which we did, and you had a 35 40% uh, rally in cash hogs in just one month, I think it's a market that, you know, the demand is such at one level, but if you rally significantly, the demand is a bit less. So I think two things we're going to watch. One, the domestic demand. <laughs> The export pace and the export pace, uh, you know, has been uh, slow. The latest exports, uh, we were for last week, we were uh, 18.9% of our production. And over uh, the last few years, we've been exporting around 18 to 27% of our production. So I guess what I'm saying, the bottom line is our exports are at the low end of the range in China and uh, South Korea or Hong Kong, uh, almost non-existent as far as demand. Can we continue to see pressure on the live cattle market the rest of this week? 
You know, I think a lot of it comes down to the cash, but I think as the supplies are, are building, you know, the supplies are going to be over the third quarter. That's a contra-seasonal. The thing that's I think, kind of neutralized us a little bit is it's uh, wet and it's muddy in the feedlots, and that is not helpful for the rate of gain. So I think that's a bit of, a bit of a positive uh, to the market here. So look for cash cattle, though, this week to be steady to lower. Uh, cash cattle probably into the end of the year probably uh, try to try to rally one to two dollars but i don't think the back months can really rally a lot from these levels well don as we get ready to wrap up what do you want folks to keep an eye on the rest of this week either grain or livestock well, I think when you look at it from the producer, don't lose sight of your opportunities. And the opportunities, take advantage of those carries in the market, trying to figure out what to do with your supply. Uh, use that uh, carry to your advantage. If you're selling stuff and you, you're not happy with the sales on the grains, buy some calls, uh, you know, call, call windows to, to capture the re-ownership to the upside. And on the meat market, I would say we're at opportunities. Uh, take a hard look at uh, three-way window contracts. Best way for folks to reach you, Don. You bet. Can reach us at 1-800-247-4071. That's a look at the Fontenelle final bell for you on this Tuesday afternoon. Of course, you can find this as a podcast later on this afternoon to re-listen to what Don had to say about the markets today. That is the Fontenelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.